By now, Hamilton had scanned the message. Oh? Oh, yes, I remember now. He sat behind his desk and made to look out of the window at Fuggleston. The hour was too early, the night still too dark to see the village. He laid the telex on his desk and buzzed for Wright to come back in. When she reappeared, he tapped the telex. Find Colonel Douglas and have him round up a platoon ready to move out at dawn. She nodded and disappeared out of the office again. Hamilton picked up his desk phone with a sigh. Vera might have a long wait to complain about his early rise. Switchboard, he said as soon as the signals operator came on the line. Put me through to RAF Bryce Norton. The rock hissed like a huge wounded beast, throwing out ear-spitting groans and wails in its death throes. Then there was a sudden booming crack that split the air, putting the tortured leviathan out of its misery. A white-topped swell roiled around the spreading black mass at the base of billowing clouds as it settled into its new and independent existence. Glowing fire settled like crystallizing honey in the grey-black North Atlantic waters, rocking slowly from side to side and sending out more waves. The ocean looked as vast and eternal as it had before, caressing a rough dark stone. Anne Travers supposed that technically they were ripples, but that word was too insignificant to fit the scale of what she was watching. Wafts of steam drifted along the ship's rail, already chilly against Anne's face. Even though the icebreaker Amazon was designed to safely approach solid icebergs and was built for the utmost possible stability against any turbulent waters that could be thrown at it, Anne still felt her skin prickle and held on tight to the nearest stanchion. The ship tilted by several degrees as the swell rolled under her, but it did so very slowly and steadily. Anne knew there was no danger of the ship being swamped or overturning, but knowing something and feeling it were two completely different things. She knew she was safe, but she certainly didn't feel safe. What she did feel was a pair of eyes on her, and a sense of amusement at her expense. The amusement was written all over her father's face when she turned to see who was watching her. He wasn't even bothering to hold on to anything, she noticed a little jealous. Stocky and grey-bearded, he looked every inch the sea captain, apart from the glasses and Homburg hat. She knew that Edward Travers had spent a chunk of his youth exploring the snow-capped Himalayas, and had learned very quickly that it was good sense to keep the head covered when winter was snowy and cold, or when one was in the vicinity of one of the Earth's polar caps. The skies remained clear and blue, and she was glad that no storms were filling the air from horizon to horizon with shrieking sharp particles. Her father rolled with the ship's motion and gestured towards the newborn berg with the steaming coffee mug he held in his left hand. Always a privilege to be at a birth, he said. Not as meaningful as yours, of course, but I prefer to take the more glass-half-full view on such a bright day. She couldn't resist a chuckle. You're right, of course, Father. A new island. A lot of geologists are going to be very jealous of us. Yes, well, that's academia for you, Anne. <laughs> Wolves fighting over the nearest deer. Was it as bad in your day? 
Well, I'd like to say no, but I'd rather say I'd be lying on nostalgic grounds. You know, the whole, when I grew up, nobody locked their doors and all that gubbins. It's all nonsense, of course. How long do you think it'll be before we can look for the crater? Up to the captain pilot, I suppose. They looked towards the stern of the ship, where a couple of overall-clad sailors were pulling a tarpaulin off the helicopter. More accurately, off most of what would be the helicopter. It was tied down by many cables, and the rotor blades were still stored below decks, not attached to the chopper itself. Well, looks like it won't be long, father. Sergeant Craig drove up to the barracks gate in an open-top Land Rover from the motor pool. Green sat in the passenger seat in a simple brown suit, and Morris lounged in the back. An MP on the gate stepped forward to check their passes. Right, Sergeant, he said, Mr. Palmer.